Well, a very good morning and welcome to our behind-the-scenes interview for today. Our guest in studio, our good friend from the OSU Extension Office in Wayne County, talking as always about agriculture, is Rory Levandusky. Rory, a very good morning as always. Happy to have you in here today. Thanks, Ron. Glad to be here. Well, on our previous show, we discussed assessing winter damage and evaluating alfalfa stand health. On today's show with Rory, we're discussing forage options after alfalfa. So, you know, Rory, my understanding is that many alfalfa fields may have severe heaving damage. So let's start right there. Can you set the stage maybe for today's discussion uh, and why we're kind of doing a follow-up on this? Sure. Uh, well, Ron, I've been on several alfalfa fields this spring where more than 50% of that alfalfa, the crowns in that field were heaved in the air from two to five inches. So uh, most of those plants are, are dead or dying. That's not going to be a productive field. And there may be other fields where there, again, is uh, just other damage, maybe not quite as severe. But again, you may be at that point where you need the forage and you have to think about uh, renovating or getting an, another year or so out of that field. So uh, so those fields are going to have to be replanted, rotated to another crop. And uh, when we think about alfalfa, overseeding alfalfa back into an existing alfalfa stand or uh, recently terminated stand, that's not an option. We have autotoxicity. It's something that, that happens in alfalfa. It comes from old plants uh, that are exuding uh, compounds. Uh, that causes extensive death of new alfalfa seeding. So for that reason, uh, the standard recommendations typically to rotate out of alfalfa and into a different species for at least a year before we return to alfalfa. You know, Rory, I know that many dairy farmers locally, due to the wet weather last fall, didn't get a, a winter rye or triticale crop planted. Now, typically, you know, those crops are, are, are counted on for some spring forage production. Add to that situation the loss of an alfalfa stand due to heaving that we're talking about, and you kind of look at things and maybe throw your hands up in the air. What are forage options and, you know, what's available realistically to recapture, you know, not all of it, obviously, but at least right. some of the lost production? Yeah, and that's really a good question because uh, typically in that situation, if the stand's lost, we would say, well, for a dairy farm anyway, uh, if you've got a poor alfalfa stand, uh, you'd first of all see, can I get a, you know, maybe salvage harvest off of that, and then I'd put that field back into corn silage. Now, from a yield and nutrient perspective, uh, there's no other annual crop we have in that rotation that's going to beat corn silage in terms of that, again, tonnage and nutrients. But the issue this year, as you stated, uh, is that farms are going to need some forage production oftentimes before or September, October corn silage harvest. So what can you do to fill in that gap? Uh, so for that reason, again, we have to consider using some short season options, and that includes things like cool season small grains, uh, possibly some annual legume options, and then there are some other warm season annual grasses or maybe some type of combination depending on uh, where you're at and, and what your farm uh, needs. So one advantage, though, of using any of these grass species after alfalfa is that those plants can at least take advantage of the nitrogen credit that's going to be provided by those former alfalfa plants. Talking with us again about forage options after alfalfa, Rory Levandusky. And, and Rory, let's discuss the small grains option first. What specific small grains can be used? When could I expect a harvest? And what kind of a yield and forage quality, I guess, is typical or normal? Sure. Well, the small grains that are best suited uh, to this type of situation that we're dealing with uh, this year and would include oats, spring barley, and spring triticale. Uh, all of these grains are going to germinate at soil temperatures above 45 degrees Fahrenheit. So 
Typically, planting about any time in April works. Uh, generally, the earlier the better if you're thinking about an earlier forage harvest. Uh, now, in some case, if, if, again, if you've got a field that's marginable, uh, maybe you can limp through the first harvest. You could uh, take, try to take off uh, an early harvest uh, to reduce that competition, then go in with these small grains. Uh, but in, again, those situations where that harvest loss has been severe and the stand is pretty much a total loss, uh, consider a burn-down application of anything that might be greening up out there, any weeds that might have come in uh, before planting these small grains. Uh, then plant them about an inch and a half deep. Uh, depending on the weather, those plants should be at a boot stage uh, ready for harvest uh, somewhere on that 55 to 60 days after planting. So then harvesting at that late boot uh, to maybe early head stage, uh, you can count on a yield somewhere in that uh, 1.5 to 2.5 uh, tons of dry matter per acre. Uh, your quality levels should be somewhere in that 18 to 20 percent crude protein and 54 to 58 percent NDF. Uh, so again, it, it'll give you a harvest uh, much sooner than you'd get uh, with a, a corn silage option. Rory, are there any other annual grass species options that could or should be considered after alfalfa uh, and also, you know, that would produce a harvest during the growing season before a corn silage harvest can be expected? Yeah, there actually are. So there, there would actually be another uh, cool season, and then there are some warm season grass options out there. So uh, let me cover that cool season grass option first. Uh, Italian ryegrass rye is probably something that should be looked at. Uh, it's one of those grasses that's going to germinate very quickly, uh, typically about as quickly as those small grains I mentioned previously. It's going to be ready for harvest again about 60 days after planting. Um, and the nice thing about Italian ryegrass is it will give you, in addition to that first harvest at 60 days, it's going to give you some subsequent harvest, uh, maybe like on a every 25 to 30 day cutting schedule. So it'll get you through uh, this, this uh, first year here. So your total yield from that could be expected anywhere, again, on how you want to manage this, but uh, two and a half to up to four and a half tons of dry matter per acre. So really a, a pretty nice option there. Crude protein may be a little bit lower than those small grains, depending again on the nitrogen content, but again, as a grass, you could take advantage of an old alfalfa stand and soak up that nitrogen. Uh, crude protein is going to be in that 14 to 16%. NDF concentration typically 50 to 60%, again, depending upon when it's cut. Now, if desired, Italian ryegrass could also produce some forage in that second year, but its survivability is going to depend on the winter. So really, we're talking about this. The best bet is probably treated as an annual in this case. Okay, well, we talked about colder season. What annual warm season grasses then can be considered after alfalfa? You know, and, and between the two, I guess, what are some of the advantages and maybe disadvantages? Sure. Well, you know, corn we talked about early on. That's, that's of course, a warm season annual, but uh, our, again, uh, the focus on this program today, we want an, an earlier harvest window than corn silage, so earlier than September, October. So another warm annual season grass uh, would be to plant something like a brown midrib uh, sorghum sedan hybrid or brown midrib sedan grass variety and I'm talking about the brown midribs because it gives us higher digestibility. Now the disadvantage anytime we get into warm season annual is that planting has to be delayed because they need warmer soil temperatures. We typically want to plant when soil temperatures are around that 65 degrees Fahrenheit. So Again, if you have a stand that maybe could limp through a, a first harvest, take that harvest off and then go into it. Uh, otherwise, again, you're going to have to wait if this is what you want. Now, the advantage, again, of these warm seasons, uh, the sorghum sedan or the sedan grass, 
Uh, they can give you a 4-H harvest 45 to 55 days after planting. So once those soil temperatures are warm, they're going to grow quickly. Uh, they're going to provide subsequent harvest in about every 30 days. So again, they're going to regrow, uh, particularly if you manage that stubble height to be in that 4 to 6 inch uh, range. They'll give you fast regrowth. Uh, then you could harvest, uh, you know, again, about every 30 days into September under good growing conditions and good management. Uh, these forages, the disadvantage, uh, they're not going to work for a dry hay. They really are best harvested either as a wrapped baleage product or as a chopped and ensiled forage because they have those larger stems. Uh, it really gives them a slower dry down time, makes it difficult to manage for dry hay. Now on the other plus side, the advantage. Uh, these forages, you can count on them to yield anywhere from three to five tons of dry matter per acre. And again, they take advantage of that nitrogen from an old alfalfa stand. Rory, another option I heard you mention was annual legumes. What species there could be used and what are the advantages and disadvantages for that compared to the small grains? Right. Uh, well, if your goal is just to get one more year of production out of, out of that alfalfa stand, uh, maybe it, you know, it took a hit, but you still got something there, uh, especially maybe an alfalfa grass mixture then some type of legume to replace that alfalfa that's lost is going to be desired. And again, we can't go back in with alfalfa. So an annual legume can work. Uh, some of our options here would include something like uh, bursium clover, crimson clover. Uh, even a field or forage pea could work in this situation. Now the bursium clover and peas are going to be ready for harvest sooner than crimson clover, uh, but crimson clover may produce more total forage yield over a growing season. Uh, all these are going to act like an annual crop. Uh, the other caution I'll say is, you know, take a look at the cost of the seed, weigh that against potential yield, and certainly don't rule out using red clover. Uh, it's a very common uh, forage legume here. Seed cost is reasonable, and if your goal would be to get more than one year production, red clover generally can provide uh, two years of production, but even if you want to use it as an annual to patch in, seed cost may make that uh, worthwhile looking at. Uh, again, because of uh, red clover tends to be tougher to dry down. You may look at it in a, in a wrap baleage or, you know, in silage uh, types of production system. Now, anytime uh, another grass or legume is being patched into an existing stand, you have to recognize that that newly seeded area is going to need some time to get established before it gets harvested. Uh, you know, it's going to need approximately 60 days after planting for that bursium clover. Uh, 4-HPs maybe a little bit longer than that for crimson clover. So, Again, if you had a stand that you could take off in early harvest, you might, uh, you know, clip high and then allow that to fill in and come back for a, a second uh, harvest with that. Uh, the advantage of adding a legume, anytime you, you put a legume in, uh, you generally can count on a higher energy content than just a straight grass or small grain. And depending on your, the maturity at which you harvest, your crude protein uh, may be higher as well. Rory, where can someone get more information? We've covered a lot, but I'm sure people, you know, always have questions or maybe they miss a part of the interview. Where can they get more information about forage options after alfalfa, what we have obviously been talking about today? Sure. They can contact me at the Wayne County Extension Office at 330-264-8722. Uh, we'll also have some of this up information on our website at wayne.osu.edu. In addition, uh, Mark Schultz, OSU Extension 4-H Specialist, and Bill Weiss, Extension Dairy Specialist, recently wrote a very good article entitled Early Spring Planted Forages for Dairy Farms. Uh, that ran in the Buckeye Dairy Newsletter. Uh, that article has details on planting dates, seeding rates, nutritive values, expected yields. Uh, that article is available online. Uh, if you're interested in that article, I can uh, provide you with that uh, link if you want to send me an email 
or uh, you contact the Wayne County Extension Office again, 330-264-8722. I'd be glad to provide anyone with a hard copy of that article as well. Once again, our guest in studio this morning talking about forage options after alfalfa, Rory Levandusky from the OSU Extension Office here in Wayne County. Rory, as always, thanks again for coming in. Thank you, Ron.